Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Howdy, folks. Happy Thursday. We're, you know, we were just having a wonderful discussion about something we will not talk about on, on air. Um, but we have something other, something else very interesting to talk about uh, on the pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. Well, it started yesterday. I was at the uh, the Trump Plaza implosion. I had a really nice uh, room in the hotel at the at Caesars, which was overlooking the spot. Which by which by the way, Anthony, I said, boy, is that a is that a it would have been so a. Let, hold, hold, let me get this straight. You actually reserved a hotel room for this. Okay, yes. continue. Please continue. Yes, uh, it actually turned out that I ran, ran into probably just in that hotel four or five people that had worked for either my the place I worked at, Trump Regency, or Trump Plaza, or both. Oh, and okay. Keep a lot of people were there for that. You were working in the in the organization. I yeah, and if and if the implosion had damaged buildings around, that would have been a metaphor for his presidency. <laughs> and it didn't. They really did a great job. Um, it's funny how you get these people that are like critical. Like one guy was like. Well, you know, your your video got pixelated. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's not a 4K camera. I have it on a stand at a window. And it probably felt the blast because we were close enough that we probably that it probably got that and it probably interrupted the transmission to some degree. So yes, if if you didn't enjoy that I didn't have a perfect 4K shot of it, too bad. But most people did enjoy it. But anyhow, when Mike was on, I made Did you get joke. metrics on that, by the way? I did. They're good, actually. Um, uh, actually, there's a company now that wants me to to work with them, um, based on that. But anyhow, my hold my, on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. Russ'sImplosions.com. No, it's not that. That would be great. I'm all about implosions. I would cover every implosion in the United States if I could. Cohen including the Jets and the Eagles. CohenCollapse.com. That's like better. It. You know, Michael, you get that one. I'm giving you, you that, that one. one. I, but on the when I was doing the pregame for it, and I called it the pregame, um, I had brought up the word Jaws because there were people on the beach. And Mike and I started in on this whole Jaws thing. So we're going to get into Jaws now. We're going to dig into that. Yep. Because it's it's a movie we all know. And, and I remember when it first came out. I didn't see it in the movies, though. I saw it on cable because we were one of the first neighborhoods in the country to get cable with um, home box office, HBO. But it was home box office at the time. And so we, we watched it like probably – six months to a year after it got released in the theater. And, you know, it was scary. Like, we all knew what was happening in that movie. It was, if you were a kid, you were scared to go into water. So now we get into the movie, and Jaws is very memorable, but you forget about how many versions of Jaws they made. And Mike reminded me yesterday. Okay, so yes, the the original, the, the one that everybody loves, yep. the one that was directed by Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. So then a couple years later, I, I believe the first Jaws was 75. That's about right. Right, and um, they offered Spielberg the sequel, 
And he said, no, I will never do sequels. And, of course, then years later, <laughs> all the Raiders of the he Lost Ark. He was still Stars. on tour at that point. Before yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah. Passed, he passed up the Jaws sequel to do that classic 1941. Which, but, again, I liked, but Mike did I, I, I liked it, but it was, it was, it was, a, it was a, a disaster at the box office. So, so anyway, so Spielberg passes. Uh, they go to um, another director. It's almost the same writers. Uh, but of course, you know, Robert Shaw had been bitten in half in the first movie and Richard Dreyfuss had just come off winning Goodbye Girl, winning Best Actor for the Goodbye Girl. People so, said I looked like back in the day. Right. So they so they wrote. All they, about you, Russell. They wrote him out. They wrote him out by saying uh, that Matt Hooper was on an, a, an excursion in the Antarctic and they couldn't reach him. And if you remember Jaws 2, they, 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 they killed the shark. They kill the shark. Uh, uh, Brody kills the shark by having him bite into a power line. Right, but you know, honestly, if 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 he didn't die from that, he would have died from chain smoking. I mean, between Roy Scheider and and Robert Shaw, the amount of cigarettes that they smoked in Jaws One was off the charts. It really was. Like you don't see that in movies as much anymore. You get you know you get the occasional puff or whatever. Roy Scheider, I swear he was on the beach with a cigarette when he was telling everybody to get out of the water. But I don't remember that. Um, so, but, but the power line thing was dumb, but then it, you know, I got triggered by that. And then I remembered there was a scene where they threw dynamite. But that, was in the, that was in the first one, right? That was in the first one, right? They threw dynamite in the first one. Well, the, 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 the funny, the funny thing was in the second one, the, the shark is sailing out to the ocean and everybody is happy that it's sailing out into the ocean. And and Brody whacks a paddle on the power line to bring the shark back so we right. can wait on the power line. I mean, it's, you know. It's right. Again, Robert Shaw should have been in a much bigger boat. Well, like, the fact that he was in a little boat was stupid in the first one. Yeah, like, it, if it was me, I would have been on, like, a big cruiser. And Anthony, and Where's where's the suspense in the first Jaws if 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 Quint is on a Coast Guard cutter with a harpoon? How about this? Safety first, Mike. Yeah, but nobody would watch it because what? You could hit the friggin' shark with the Coast Guard. Like you're gonna go out and hunt the shark. He's still hunting the shark, but at least now he's looking out for personal safety. Hey, I don't care. The guy got bitten in half. That's that's his problem. But well, okay, so that so that so then they make then they make Jaws. 3D. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was out after two. Okay, so uh, Jaws. All I, remember, all I can remember about Jaws 3D was, oh no, maybe that was was that no, maybe not. I was thinking of when were they in the underwater lab and the thing came in. And it was no, that that was that wasn't that was that was the movie with Samuel L. Jackson. That was not a Jaws. No, this was another one that was like that that a shark that was heading towards a tube. And everybody's like starting to scream. I don't know. Maybe Dennis Quaid was in it. I'm trying. Maybe. No, well, okay. Maybe well, Dennis. I mean, here's Quaid, a Dennis Quaid thing for you. Yeah, Dennis yeah. Quaid. Dennis Quaid was in Jaws 3D. Yes, okay. that was it. And that's okay. What I so remember. I mean, I saw it. I saw it once. So that maybe was the this, amusement park, right? Um, he was in an amusement park or an okay, underwater well, I, park, like a Sea World almost, and that's yeah, where the shark starts coming towards the tube. It might. It might have been because I mean, Louis Louis Gossett Jr. Yes. was like a was, was like a rich billionaire, like sort of like the Richard Richard Attenborough character from Jurassic Park. Yes. So, so I think the, I think the plot was they were trying to capture the capture the shark, um, and Dennis Quaid plays Brody's son. So there's the connection to the fir to the first movie, right. and it's 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 br it's brutal. It was such. Oh, it was yeah. I mean, here, but here's the thing: at, at that time, 
there was a comeback for 3D because 3D was around when I'm, like, my dad was a teenager. Then it was around when I was a little kid. Then it went away again. Jeez. And then it came and then it came back again, right? And so I went and saw a movie called Polyester in the theaters. And that was 3D. And it also had scratch and sniff cards to go along with the movie. And one of the scratch and sniffs was a fart. It was. And <laughs> like, that's how bad. But the 3D, at, even at that point, was not great. Really, 3D wasn't great again until Marvel. Marvel is the one who put 3D where well, it is. What, like, what, was the, what was the Sandra Bullock Clooney movie in outer space? I can't think. The, 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 a few oh, years God. ago. It was just a few years ago. It yeah, was I know which one you mean. Yeah, and that was in 3D, and I I'm was floating around. I don't know. Yeah, right. I'm I'm watching that movie with 3D glasses. They give me 3D glasses. I go into the theater. I'm watching it. And I'm like, wait a second, this is just not working here. And I, and they, I really, they directed me to a move to a theater that was regular. Not <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So, so so about Jaws. Was it the same? animatronic shark for the first and second one do we know i don't know i don't know i i it probably judging from the fact that hollywood you know it depending on what you can use for a budget it probably wasn't russ because the the production delays on the first one was all the friggin shark and the funny thing was it worked out fantastic because it built the suspense that you didn't see the yeah, shark that's true. and the problem you couldn't even use it for a while yeah when 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 you when you when you see the shark in that famous scene where you know like you need a bigger boat yeah. 25 3 tons of you see the shark going by and you basically see the outboard mo motor friggin on the back of it as it's going along it's like it doesn't move it's not it, it's 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 a basically a big cinder block basically yeah, i mean but let's face it if i'm out in the water right and i see somebody get pulled on under i'm swimming to shore man because i can't save that person anymore anyhow well let I, me okay i know anthony's gonna pretend that he's gonna go out and try and fight the shark and save no him. no, no? Okay. <laughs> no it's a shark let's let's finish the you know it would be enough if there was a trilogy but they had to throw one more jaws four or oh. jaws jaws the revenge and i what thought year was that uh 1987 maybe is that the one with does no, it three or or maybe i'm trying to think with jaws that was the one with well, let me let me tell you. Okay, here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was with the, the main. The main star was the wife, Lorraine Gary. Lorraine, Lorraine Gray. Okay. And, and so, so you know, it's bad as it as it is. Okay, and the, here's the plot twist: uh, Roy Scheider has died of a heart attack. Russ, a black lung. Yeah, <laughs> black lung. Probably yes. Um, and and the and the Dennis Quaid character who was afraid of sharks but becomes a shark scientist. He draws the revenge. That had right, that right. Scene. That's what I said. He die. The shark kills him. So now this the younger brother, who was traumatized in Jaws two by the shark, in the way he was in he was with the, all the friends in the water. Um, he now is going to avenge his brother's death along with his mother, along with Mario Van Peoples with a bad Jamaican. <sighs> they forced him in movies those couple of years. Mario Van Peoples was in everything. Yeah, and the and 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 the and I say this with all all kindness because I love this guy as an actor. The biggest, the biggest movie star whore in terms of money, Michael Caine, who would do anything. anything. He, worked, he worked with Steven Seagal. That's how bad he how bad it was. He um, paid him, he showed up. Oh my God. And it was it, it was a movie that Steven Seagal directed about like uh, uh, the environment up in up in Alaska called On Deadly Ground. It was 
brutal. I bet you they're gonna remake. They'll make remake Jaws in like a year or two. What? No, no, they will. They will not. They will not. Uh, I bet you they will, Mike. They're they remaking Jaws. Being remade is that movie. movie. There yeah. are no sharks frozen underneath uh, Eklund's uh, backyard rink, at least. So that's you know, the, the uh, they might remake. <laughs> the Jaws remake will be. It'll be. It'll be on Margate, and it will come, and it will eat Lucy. And anybody else who's on the beach in Margate, so like Eck, Justin Williams, whoever else is there. You know, the, the, the remake will be called Foxes. It's not the nice. Foster movie, but it's about the foxes under X rank. Sharks are incredibly important species to the to the to the um, ecosphere. Ecosystem, sure, but we're just talking about Jaws and the fact that how many of them they made and how bad some of them were. Yes, I love Michael, Cohen's, Michael Cohen's like, you know, Kane's a great, yeah, I'm not, Michael Kane's a great actor. I'm just saying he will do anything. Wow. He did so many bad parts just for money. Anything. Anyway. All right. She heard your voice, Mike. She heard your voice. Oh, there you go. Let's Mark, start. Yeah. All right. Oh. Hold on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Every time she hears Mike's voice, it's all it takes. Funny. Yes, the first Jaws is still a classic. There's no question. Oh, well, while, while, while we're waiting for Eccles, let's get Anthony's uh, feelings on the Carson Wentz trade. Oh, yeah, there you go. At this point, I mean, listen, I, I think Howie had tried to drum up a market that he just could not gen really generate. And the minute right. they, the Bears got out and they were stuck with the Colts, and that's where, where Wentz wanted to go, the Bears got out because they felt that why are we going to try to convince the guy to come here when he doesn't want to come? He doesn't want to be there, yeah. So the Eagles basically took what they could so they could save, you know, $10 million on whatever the cap charge was, and now they got that $34 million in dead weight. I, I, Howie's, you know, listen, end of the day, it's an organizational failure up and down. I would rather have paid the a, a condition a third and a conditional first for Wentz than paid the what what the uh, the Rams paid for Stafford. Yeah, I, again, I, in this circumstance, that's what they're looking at here in terms of what they, you know, the Rams are, are desperate and think the Stafford can get them over the top, and the Colts have a little more time to play with with Wentz. Right. Yeah. So, here's the here's the great quote. That, those are the factors. I remember this quote. Michael Caine is quoted to say, "I read the first page of the script and then the last. If my character is on both of them, I'll do the bleeping picture." <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, say it right. I'll do the bloody picture. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, I go ahead. All right, here we go. Um, Hello, Hockey World. It is Thursday, February 18th, 2021. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Anthony Mangione. Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And I wanted to start today with that Olympic discussion we had because I've been digging deep into it over the last 24 hours. Um, and what happens here if... The U.S. does boycott the Chinese, the China Olympics, Winter Olympics, and um, if Canada were to follow suit too, like what would happen in that case too? Well, Canada um, won't follow suit. They never do. Um, we don't. Yeah, I'm going to assume that you're right, but the, but you know, the this is a, this is far beyond the coronavirus. It's also you know genocide and all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into that political talk about that stuff. No, 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 just let, let me let me bolster your point by saying. Canada right now, in terms of their relationship with China, there's a, obviously a lot of Chinese expatriates, a lot of Chinese right. Canadians uh, in yeah. Vancouver and Toronto, especially. Um, the, their government is very uh, sensitive to what's going on in China because of those reasons and for other reasons. Um, 
they're you know the Trudeau government and China are not on the same page. There's yeah. a lot there's a lot of tension going on there. So I'm not saying that they would you know just go in lockstep with the U.S., but I think they have the same series of problems that the U.S. has with China. So I do think yeah. that if the U.S. boycotted, that Canada might go along with it. I mean the the coronavirus part of it, you know. Whatever, it's I'm, I'm not a China virus type well, person. That's that's at the heart but of it. That's a different thing. There's other stuff, but the the other stuff, the other stuff is way more serious to the U.S. I think, sure. and um, and to Canada, like in Canada, who you know definitely is a more usually holds themselves to a very high moral compass. Um, I think this would be so. Let's just let's just. But my whole point of this is not to get into that discussion. My point of this is to get into the discussion of what happens now. Like what happens next if that were to happen to what we do, which is hockey, to the NHL sending their players there and stuff like that, and. Um, I contacted Bill Daly, you know, this morning and talked to him about it briefly and um, was looking for, you know, because I figured maybe, hey, you know, first of all, here's the thought process. You know, we talked, we'll go through it again for those who missed it before. Say the U.S. boycotts and Canada doesn't boycott. Well, now is, is the NHL still sending players over there? Um, would they still allow the other players to go from other countries? Would NBC then not cover the Olympics, in which case NBC would come to the NHL and say, we want to, we want to keep the games going. If they want to keep the games going... Would the NHL keep the games going with the players from other countries not on those teams, similar to what you see in soccer a lot when soccer guys go to play for their countries and the soccer teams still keep playing? Right. Or would the NHL just say, no, none of our players are going? Um, or, you know, and has this been worked out? Like, was this ever discussed with the NHLPA? Like, is there a, a, what I wanted to know is I kind of figured there was a plan maybe. You know, like, it's China. You know, we should think about what happens if we boycott? What mm -hmm. next? You know? Um, and uh, so I went, you know, and I talked to the, I talked to the NH, NHL, and I, you know, couldn't get a real solid answer from the NHLPA at all. But um, I wanted an actual quote. And Bill Daly said, "My actual quote is this. I haven't put it up yet on my blog, but I'll give it to you guys first here. All fair questions, none of them, however, have been broached or discussed with the PA. So premature at this point to provide any answers." Right now. They're still right now. They're still in negotiate. They're still in negotiations with the IOC. So right. nothing, no, nothing is is uh, etched in stone right now. But but here's the thing. Yeah. I would find it hard to believe that if the U.S. boycotted, that the league would shut down because because okay, or, or if you kept what I'm saying is if you kept going, it's not just okay. The U.S. players are staying. But player Canadian players are going if the Canada doesn't boycott the Finns, the Swedes, the Czechs, the Russians. So in, unless you're prepared to go two weeks with the Lehigh Valley uh, uh, Phantoms being in Philadelphia or or the Toronto Marlies playing at Scotiabank Arena, I don't think NBC wants a second-rate uh, uh, talent pool on games on NBC. I think they want the stars. Yeah, I think I think the NHL will have to send the players that are for countries that are there. I don't right. think they're going to be able to keep the players, but I do think the league will continue. That's the thing. If, if the if the U.S. boycotts, I think, and if, if the U.S. boycotts but nobody else does, then you have an issue where maybe the league would still shut down. If the U.S. and Canada boycott, the league won't, the league won't shut down and what will happen is they'll just continue and they'll just send those players. And like X said, they just won't be on the roster for a little while. I mean, that's a coming league has never done anything like that. I know. Um, and, you know, whether or not that's something that they would be comfortable with or not, I think is very up in the air. You know, it doesn't seem like something that they would normally be comfortable with you, at all. You know, this is the problem with this. And this isn't Bill Daly's fault because he gave you an honest answer. Yeah. The problem is the IOC will take this down to the very last minute 
with right. these awful negotiations that always go on for which they never do anything until the end. And then they say, yeah, we'll pay for the insurance. They won't give them anything. They'll probably say, yeah, we can't give you jersey sales, but we'll mention you on our free podcast. You know, it's going to be something stupid like that. Right. And yeah. we'll go down to the wire on negotiations. And that makes it harder on the NHL too. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Um, Anthony, you, Anthony, what do you think? What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, guys, I got a little bit cut off there, so I caught like half of it. And well, are you, about about the potential of the U.S. boycotting the Olympics and what the NHL would do if the U.S. did. Yeah, it's. I mean, a real conundrum, obviously, for the league. And as I, and again, you, you you do take steps in that regard. It would not. I don't think it would be a good look, though, for the league in this circumstance. If there is, a, if there is a boycott, that right, I agree know, with that, that too. They, that they get that they they go independently. It just, I, I think they would probably follow pretty much in step with the rest of uh, of whatever the team USA decides to do as an organization. And yeah, there there are a lot of players you might have issues with going to China too. Well, like that was, well, Eck, I was going to ask. I was going to ask you this. Remember, we heard leading up to to uh, Pyeongchang. That okay, Ovechkin's gonna go. He's gonna leave the team. Right. You don't think that that that's? I mean, he missed out on one already. He missed out on a gold medal. But he didn't, right? He didn't leave the team. But he didn't leave the team. He, this, he said, "I'm 100 percent going." Like I remember that. I remember that. Remember that. He did this not. This time go. he might though. Ed, this time he might. He's close to the end. What he could do is just not sign his contract. Well, yeah, but there's a there's a little contract money and I mean. Ovechkin likes to play for, for for Russia, and he and he and more than anything else, Ovechkin wants it known that he likes to play for Russia more than even I think he likes to play for Russia. Like he wants the Russians to know that you know because he because he sees his future, I'm sure, working in Russian hockey. So to me, well, of course, he's gonna he's gonna right, be the he's next gonna be like right. So to do that, he's got to at least put on this thing. I'm going no matter what. Thing. No, I think it's more than that. I think this time, honestly, because his contract is up. I could see him not signing his contract, going and playing the Olympics, and then signing a contract with the Capitals after the Olympics. That's what I could see happening. And the NHL can't do anything about it. Well, the NHL could That's true. I mean, if he doesn't have a contract, he could, he could say, yeah, you're right. Well, no, 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 no. Okay, he's – Good point. Okay. I mean, that, that's, 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 that's possible. He could, do a, he could do a Matt Sundin yeah, yeah, and sign halfway through the season. Yes, right. he could do that because he'd be a UFA, but right. he, could sign, he could sign anywhere. The, the other thing, I mean, he could also make the excuse that, well, you know, Kuznetsov will be in, in Washington taking care of things because he can't play for Russia. So you got at least right. somebody who's going to be playing there. Right. Um, I, you know, when we don't, we know the reason why. Right. Then, but uh, there's a lot of issues there. And, and you're talking about a lot of, um, yeah, and Ted Leonsis, that's true. Ted Leonsis was brought up in by Anthony in the chat. Ted Leonsis backed him on that. Remember, backed him on going yes, to Russia. Yes, he did. And so he would back him again. But he's, but he's still. But it was the league. No. It was the league that did. But since Ovechkin is his own agent, he doesn't have to sign a contract. He could just. Well, no, that's a really interesting point that you're making, Russ, because honestly, this is, this is the, he is wide open, and there's no reason yeah. why he could say, listen, I'm going to sign after the Olympics until. And not, and not say I'm going to – I mean, he can sign with anybody. You're right, Mike, but he can sign with anybody anyway. Like, he can – that doesn't matter. So he can do that on July 1st if he wanted to. He, he's not going to sign with anybody. He's going to sure play with – make a call, and he'll be like, all right, he's you know what? Capitals, or he's not going to play anywhere at all. I mean, I'm pretty convinced right. of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would concur. It's pretty much – he and Crosby 
pretty much call their shots with regards to where they're going to decide to yeah. play their, their career. Yes. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know and, and the team will be fine with it. The team will, the Caps will say, fine, you know, that's where the Caps will be okay with it because it's really not, you know, they miss them for half a year, assuming next year is relatively normal, like we start in October, November. Yeah, no, no, the Navalny won't be making a call because they don't have cell service in Siberia in the Gulag. Now, I haven't gotten back from the PA, hasn't got gotten back to me yet. I have three different emails and calls out to them on this, but I think it's interesting that this was not broached. Like, I really think that that needs to be discussed for a second because this was always a possibility, right? That, what, that they, what we're not what we're not mentioning here, Eck, is the is the is what Russ brought up earlier in the week or last week was that they moved the games, and that could be the easier, right, not the I, easier. I shouldn't say easier, but that could be the alternative thing. I did, I did do some research on that as well. Um, okay. And you know, I couldn't get anybody from the International Olympic Committee. You know, I don't have really have. <laughs> Um, so I, but I did, okay. uh, well, at least you tried. I did. I actually did try. I mean, I said, I, I, I called up the international, I made a phone call to the, the number that they have for that, you know, and I got and they said it's disconnected, right? Uh, uh, this is, this is an anonymous hockey blogger. Uh, I'm just curious what you want to do with this. Please call me back at two one. you know, no, I didn't quite, <laughs> I did leave a message with somebody, but I also, and I also emailed somebody there, but then there, but then there's a Newsweek article that came out two days ago on this. And the quote from that was, uh, you know, was, was more telling. And in that article, they actually say um, that the International Olympic Committee does not support boycotting the games. You know, obviously, of course not, they're their games. You know, it's like, right. <laughs> no, because they can make money, that's why. They don't support it for any reason whatsoever. Um, no. And they are not. Loyalty to the rings only. No, that is a great right point, Eck, because in the history, that is why countries have boycotted the Olympics because they've never had the spine or the backbone to do it themselves. Yeah, the the IOC the IOC has already gotten their free concubines from Beijing, so of course they're you know they they don't want they don't want to back out. Yeah, and let me read else what I have. Bring up my other notes. I have like that's not true, Anthony. Look up Juan Antonio Samaranch. What if you have children listening and wondering, Mom, Dad, what's a concubine? <laughs> right, right. That's yeah. I believe in education. <laughs> Okay, so there's here's here's the quote. Okay, so uh, now China's already spent billions, obviously, in infrastructure. You know, they want to they they were using this to coincide with the Chinese New Year in 2022. Um, yeah, just like just like it coincided with the spread of COVID in in, in Wuhan last all year. All right, all right, all right. Um, however, other um, you know, uh, Mike Waltz, who is the Republican representative from Florida, had his say on it. Doesn't believe they should not go. Um, the interesting thing, so the U.S. the U.S. Can, Olympics Committee and the Canadian can. Olympic Committee, you think they should go. Okay, again, they're the Olympic Committee. Um, but the USOPC <laughs> statement, um, this is the this is the this is the Olympic USOPC um, that they're against the boycotts. And we oppose game boycotts because they have been shown already to negatively impact in athletes. This is the American Olympic Committee. While not effectively addressing the global issues, we believe more effective course of action is for governments of the world and China to engage directly on human rights and geopolitical issues. Well, it's a great idea. Let's just do that. They're, they're, yeah, I, mean, I mean, obviously, that's when that doesn't like. work, that's why the boycott works because right, yes, right, I mean, and the boycott, boycott of America, work, period. The, boy, the boycott of America really works because, like, remember, this is this is a advertisement for China, right? This is a hundred percent advertisement to go see China, go visit China, you know, well, go. And, the water, and the water tiger because it's the year of the water tiger. Okay, there you go. Um, so Mike, look it up. I thought it was the I'm not disputing you. I just don't know what the hell a water tiger is. 
I gotta check. I thought it was, I thought it was the bull. But 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 here. So as far as moving it goes, I'm trying to find the um. Okay, but, so the resolution also identifies it. Okay, um, control. Okay, da, 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 make it see. So. But, uh, okay, for, first, for, for the U.S. boycotted in 1980. It wasn't because they, they boycotted because of the invasion of Afghanistan. And not, what happened was the athletes were the ones who suffered. And really, you know, okay, it was a, it was a, uh, a, uh, a punch in the nose to, to the Russians, but it really didn't affect them that much. And then all they did was reciprocate in 1984 in Los Angeles. So, you know, you could say it's a shot across the bow of the Chinese, but in the end, you know, it's the athletes, it's Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel and all the, all the U.S. hockey players who are going and, and all the, you know, speed skaters and figure skaters that are going to suffer. So, well, I mean, it's, I mean it's they don't suffer. Like, just, the NHL players. I mean, they've been working for four years, Russ, for, for, for right, no, those, not the NHL players, but the NHL right. players, this is, this is an ego trip. It's, for it's the real Olympic athletes that all of a sudden have no yeah. outlet that they've been training four years for. They're the ones that suffer. Right. Right. And I mean, those, those are the people you feel absolutely horrendous for, you know, and, and, and because, you know, especially during this time when, you know, everyone's working through COVID. I, 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 Although you know, they get paid I know, well you know, by our government to keep training and doing that too. I have to know a freestyle skier, you know, who loved the, the thing and the, the flips ups and all this yeah. stuff. Um, you know, and, and I know how hard that, She's been working through this whole process. Like it's kind of it's an it's insane, you know. Like to, to, to get and so for her to like for so the Olympics be canceled for her would be devastating. Um, you know, sure. absolutely devastating. And and it is for most of these people. This is this is you know she's never been good enough to go before. She's finally qualified. It's like it's a really big freaking deal. So and basically I mean, in in eighty when they were boycotted, yeah, I I spoke to athletes four years later in eighty four when I was going to college in Houston. And so I knew what the impact was, and some of them were actually finally getting to go to the Olympics. So they literally went right from there, from the college to there, because they would train there. So right. I, I get it, I do. But oh, yeah. but and the, the US, if the US doesn't go, by the way, also that means probably that the UK is not going. That means that you know there's probably there's, there's other countries in Europe that probably don't go as well. So it becomes you know a bigger right. issue on all sorts of levels. Now but it never stops the Olympics. The Olympics always happens because of that quote that you just said. Right. And and it's and they hide behind that quote. Now, moving the Olympics according to this article is a non-starter. They're moving these Olympics; they, they can't. They that's not going to happen. That they're not going to move these. The International Olympics Committee says these these Olympics have been promised to China. They're going to be in China. This is where they're going to be. So, okay, the idea of moving them to a country where, which means which means they've been paid off already, and they're not going, and, and they can't refund the money. So that's the whole reason why. <laughs> Well, the problem here is, you know, like there's nothing – we're at the point where it's either we're – this is not like, okay, you know, China if, China – if China, you know, like moves their car off your lawn, you'll have the Olympics. Like we're at a point now where China is like – this. These, these none of these issues are going to get fixed in time for the Olympics. Like China's not fixing anything. Like It's less it's than not, a year. That's less than a year. Less than a year, you know. There's no way they're going to like release, release political prisoners and all this stuff's going to happen, right? That's not – so we really are at, a, at just a moralistic. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you a solution. You want a solution? If I'm Justin Trudeau, I mean, Anna's thinking about it, but if I'm Justin Trudeau, I call up Gary Bettman and I say, hey, look, if our two countries boycott, but they still have the Olympics, why don't we shut down the league and have a Canada Cup? Let's well, just no, have that, Canada that is Cup. something that I think will happen. And I, that's another thing. And that would be terrific. We would all love that. It would be shut down the league and maybe have the World Cup of Hockey. The know, return and, of Team North America again? No, I would, no, no. It, 
not not their problem. Hey, maybe maybe Ralph Kruger can get uh, a little bit happens for us. It's the World Cup of Hockey, not the Canada Cup. Because uh, see, they, another Canada Cup would be good. They though. won't call it that. You know that. I they won't know. call it that because World Cup. The World Cup of Hockey brings too much money in for the players. Yeah, right. That's fine, and I'm okay with it. Maybe and really, that's what, what Anya's thinking, Russ, when she looks at you like that, is she's thinking one day my owners will die and I will eat them. <laughs> that's all cats ever think when they look at you. Um, but um, you know, but and if I was bigger, if I was slightly bigger, they would be in trouble. <laughs> that's true. Um, anyway, I don't speak for Mike in the chat room. By the way, Mike, <laughs> when you chat when you chat with my name in there, be a little more careful. <laughs> I, I, I own that to I own that. Those who are curious. The way the chat works. Look at our post signed in under Pelly Eklund because he he runs oh, things. No, 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 no. Mike no, no. something in there. I get the, I get <laughs> letters. I get nasty grams, Mike. Thousands of them. Somebody I mean, brought the name. To, just be made fair, an to be fair, I think if that could put that, he'd have put half pound because he doesn't have that kind of ego. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, you know, you don't talk about it if you don't need to. Um. All right. So, <laughs> to me, the walk, um, baby. Here's the, the issue. <laughs> Hopefully, lost are making good time. All right, the issue is this, Mike. When my besides the fact that everything, anything, anything written in the chat room, Pelly Eklund is not necessarily from me. I usually put Eklund there. I said it. You have to sign off now and everything. It's got to say, you know, Ek next to it. I don't understand. People are out there waiting to send me nasty grams all the friggin' oh, time. Okay. I said it was me. <laughs> That was Mike. Clearly, was Mike. I that own it. That's not my style. All right. Anyway, <laughs> but partially, at least at times, Mike's style. Um. All right. So, is Ralph Kruger back yet? Um. All right. No. He's and speaking of speaking of the speaking of Team Europe. Um. Anyway, the nice transition there to uh this. this so we're gonna follow this. We're gonna stay on top of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep in my context in NHLPA. I'm gonna keep in my context the league and see where we can get. Um. I'm sure. That they're talking about it, you know. But Bill Daly's saying that is as the as that's the public comment they're willing to go out there. Right. Um, you know, the idea is that of course they've already once once someone said once someone heard the possibility of <laughs> a boycott, there, sure. there were already discussions being had. So it's nothing official. So they haven't come to any conclusions at all. Um, and I think, but I do, I do think that I, I don't, I don't see them sending Canada, Sweden, and I don't see that happening. I don't see it happening because it just, I think that the, the look on that would be so bad. Like, you're a player playing in the U.S., you know, whatever. You're Sidney Crosby playing in, playing for a U.S. team, U.S. boycotts. You leave your U.S. team and go play in Canada when the U.S. is boycotting. That's just, that's a bad look for these guys. It really is. I can't. Yeah, I don't know. It gets complicated. I can't, I would not blame the player. I would not say, like, me. I wouldn't personally go out there and say, well, no, Sydney, you're doing the wrong thing because my country is boycotted because it's not his country. Right. The, the, the whole, the whole, the whole issue here is, I mean, we, we dealt with it in 2018 and it was across the board. So yeah. it was, but, but if it's the U S singularly boycotting, you're going to have Connor McDavid and Crosby and the, and the big names in the NHL and Barakoff for Finland and, you know, Eric Carlson for Sweden and the and Ovechkin for Russia. Enough to sell, it is. Yeah, all saying, okay, the U.S. boycotting has nothing to do with us, and we want to represent our country, so let us go. I think it's one of two things. Yeah. I think it's either the U.S. players end up staying and they play with essentially AHL-caliber uh, 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 rosters for two weeks. That punishes the U.S. players twice, though. 
I know, but it's not in their it's not in their control. It's the government's control. Right. Either better off just giving them, said, them, them, the giving them a break in the middle of the season and just saying we're not going to play until this starts again. And maybe they do that, but but, but from well, that, we could talk about that. what Connor McDavid did on the ice in the NHL. We will, we will get to that. We will get to that next. But besides that, Mike, as we talked about yesterday, and they could say we're going to shut down, but now NBC, who's not covering the Olympics because they've been boycotted, you know. Comes the NHL and says, "Where's our games?" You know, there's always the there's always the, there, there's always the dark championships. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's always darts. You know, always darts. Really fun. Sport, yeah. All right, let's move on. As exciting as bowling on TV. Yeah. Let's move on. Do we have anything about to talk about hockey? Let's start with this for a second because this was asked in the chat room, and I'll ask Anthony at this since we have Anthony. I don't know if you're going tonight, Anthony. I'm not sure. I yet. am not. I'm 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 on call here at the house, especially my in laws. Yeah. Are you going to go rest? You're going to try to get down there? I, yeah, I no, I, I'll, I'll, make it, I'll make it. No problem. I really want to go and get the heck out of the house for a second, so already, I might try. It already's up here, so. Yeah, if the roads, are, if the roads get better here, I'm I, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, all right, so, but the Flyers are the Flyers or a version of the Flyers. The question in the, the question in the chat room is, are the Phantoms playing the Rangers tonight? Um, are, they play, are, the, are the Phantoms playing the Wolf Pack, I think, is more like it. Right, <laughs> right. right. What are your thoughts, Ant, on this? Uh, I mean, they got, they're trying to get this thing, you know, get things going before things, you know, fall too far back. I, and you're not a fan of it, but I mean, we are in unique, in a unique circumstance here. Sure. And I think both teams in this, at this point right now have, you know, are, those lineups aren't great, but I mean, they are what they are based on the situation. And again, the league, it, come hell or high water wants to get this Lake Tahoe thing going. That is, is, that, is, is this that happening? That is to be right. even more of a concern as because of the fact that seven right. flyer players are not going to be in that game. And right now, is, is tonight? Is tonight? Would tonight happen? Were the Lake Tahoe thing not happening? No, it would not happen. I don't think so. I think there's a chance. I, I mean, it depends. They might have played, but I think I do feel like I think it would played. fall on the chance that it wouldn't have. Exactly. I would probably would have leaned in that direction. What's the benefit in that? Like, I mean, honestly, you're just getting a chance to lose more players. In reality, if you want to play Lake Tahoe, just wait till Lake Tahoe. No, because the benefit is the you have to advance. You have to let the season continue if you can. And also these guys get to keep practicing. And then you're also keep testing. And then you hope that some of these other players come back by Sunday. That's the hope. I think I think we need to think well, about it's it. It's already been established. I know that the, that the seven players that are on the Flyers' current COVID list will not play in Lake Tahoe. No, not none of them. I thought you were playing. Elaine Vigneault said that during press conference. During press conference, okay. they are not playing. Was that okay? Because I thought you was, but he's not, huh? Mm-mm. Okay. All right. So, oh, so yeah. then they're marketing this team act because this is the team that's going to be in Lake Tahoe. Yeah, wow, they're marketing it, and the fact of the matter is, again, when they get again, you're getting into against the Boston team that's pretty well. well it's not like they're playing a good team, Mike. I mean, I mean, let's let's let Anthony. I mean, they're not playing, not, and then I meant Anthony, not Mike. Sorry, Mike. Um, it's not like they're playing a good team or anything. And it's uh, Boston's they're... not that good, Eck. You know that you've said that <laughs> exactly. They're not great. Um, all right, but here's the here's the I think, yeah, they're very, very good, though. Um, yeah, I do. Do we not? Did, does not the NHL need to come up with something like? If you have a certain number, like six or seven players on the COVID list, you just can't play. I mean, I just think no, that that- not do that because the Devils had 17. So clearly when you got over 10, that was probably the number because seven it around the What it comes down to is, and it comes down to a numerical, uh, can you, can you feel, can you ice a roster? Right. And in Philadelphia's right. case, they can. It's- well, you can. They all got, all the teams can ice a roster. All the teams have AHL teams. I mean, everybody's got an AHL team. 
But again, it's I think it also comes down to scheduling at this point. Now the Flyers now we already know that they are there's five games that have now been officially rescheduled. Right. The first one obviously is going to be the the Capitals game from uh, late April's now been moved up to March seventh, and there's been a lot of changes. There's still three more games that they have to that still they still have to figure out for Philadelphia. I think that's right. what it's coming down to is that yeah. it gets to the point where it get it may it, in terms of the the repetition of games. And the amount of games in a row that it gets dangerous. So you take it on the chin, I think, a little bit with a depleted roster, but you play those games because then as you move forward, you still have the semblance of an, of somewhat of a normal schedule, even if it is a bit more compacted. You t- keep taking more time off, and and I think at that point you're you're asking for potential in mass, you know, inju- injuries in this circumstance. Yeah, you got to keep guys playing if you can. Is there a benefit? To, is there something that we should, should we should we look at like you know the grass always greener on the other side type thing here and say okay you know what let's just realize that the cool thing about this is we get a chance and during this COVID time to see these prospects. Yeah, look, I'm happy. I wrote about Max. This is great, right? I mean, you won. Yeah, I wrote about Shushko two years ago. I'm happy to see the kid get a chance. I, he wouldn't have gotten a chance under normal circumstances. Now, what if he scores a hat trick tonight and has a goal in the next game? Now, all of a sudden. You might make an argument that he could stay up with the it's team. An opportunity. So. At the end of the day, this is an opportunity, and I and and Vino framed it that way. As yeah. Yeah. some guys, he said, "quote You know, some guys have been clamoring for more opportunity." Well, you got here's, it. Here's you. You want an opportunity? It just dropped in your lap. Yeah, That's Sam Morang's playing left wing now. So if Sam Morang can have, I don't it, think he's in the lineup. I think he's still down. He's just on with the team. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I don't think he's not. I mean, I checked when I checked lines. I, again, I think after that, I saw game, earlier someone had him in, but uh, they could be wrong. Is, is, is next to COVID or just is that just their choice? They just chose not. They're choosing not to play him. If they don't play him, they're choosing not to play him. He didn't play very well left wing. Let me. I can check on that. He's not an NHL left winger, but under under these circumstances, you know, you can throw him in there. I suppose. Right, 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 right. Let's say for a second. Hold on, figure that out. Yeah. So as we as as you pointed that out, let's talk a little bit about. Um, I watched last night Ottawa and Toronto. Okay, I wanted to talk. I know we, we never talk about the Leafs. So I thought it was Yeah, we never talk about the Leafs. Never. I thought it made up. So they did watch this game. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and Toronto, and, 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 you couldn't have two different, more different games, right? Than the two that's, two, that's two and a half hours that you won't get back because it was one of the more boring games of the year. It really was. But I'll tell you what I was proud of, Mike. Uh-huh. Toronto needs to learn how to play I boring see. games. I apologize. Real quick, it, what? Yeah, Moran actually is listed at, when, when, yesterday when Bill Meltzer posted okay. the lines in practice. No. Moran, he has a fourth line left wing with Andrew right. and Sushko. Sorry. Right. I, 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 I was, right. was going to say, Act, that, yeah, that that that's that game was more like, and obviously not the competi- level of competition mm-hmm. because the, the, right. the Senators are young and upcoming, but they, they always work themselves up to play the Leafs. And it was a tight game. It was a low event game, and low event games are what you're going to get in the playoffs. So that, and in that sense, they they played a game where they limited offensive chances. Anderson played well, and they got a they got a, a key goal from uh, Kerfoot in the third period and won a two to one game. I think that's coming off that six five train wreck. That was a constructive victory. Now the thing is, tonight they play the third and four nights against Ottawa, and. <laughs> Sheldon Keefe was playing coy about who they're going to start in goal. He wouldn't commit to Michael Hutchinson. He's going to play Hutchinson. He's going to play Hutchinson. He's just trying to keep the heat off. And right. They, right. Which, you know, the thing is, if they lose 5-1 and Hutchinson is a sieve, then they're right, right. I mean, they, right. you almost just have to do it. You can't keep playing Anderson. But listen, no. the, way you, the way you handle this as a coach is if you lose 
five one to Ottawa, that's not Hutchinson's fault, man. That can't be Hutchinson. I mean, that's like the bottom line is, you know, this is like you have to be able to beat Ottawa with your backup goalie, no matter who it is. I like, agree. You know, if it's me, you should win that game. You know, for sure. Well, I mean, that goes without saying. I have my stuff in the car. Every time I go down there, I'm ready to go. Just you know, just you just it out there. Players are paying attention. My stuff is. Okay, but just to be fair, Eck, I think Jason Rotitis is a little better than you, but not a lot. But he is. Whoa! Better. Hold off now. No, Wait. he is. He is. No, he isn't. No, I'll tell he you. Is. I mean, I'm saying. I've seen you both play. I'm being honest. It's no. close, but he's a little better. Who gave up now, more goals than that? In that I, game, you gave up. You take you take up more space in the net. In fairness to you, wow. I think it was. <laughs> I, I was hoping that was going to be. You could frame that as as a, a a positional thing, like you're better positionally. But um, we know I'm that's not we better. Know that's not better going. So you know. <laughs> if anything, Jason is way better positionally. That I'll give him a hundred percent. But he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't have my quickness. Russ. He doesn't have it. Nope. There you go. So there you, you have are, it. You are younger than Jason, I think. Uh, you maybe, might, you might be. I don't know. Close. That's close too. But I gave up one goal. Russ, you gave up four. I'm just saying. We played. Both played. I mean, it. they had to tighten things up defensively in front because they're like they know, did not. We, we have to carry Eck. I mean, I was at that game, so I, I stopped the breakaways, Anthony. Come on, like that's not tightened up. <laughs> I know I was there. Martinez's defense was horrible that game. I remember that game. Well. Jason can handle it, you know. I mean, that, that's what happens. Oh, now, like, wow, the, now the you're really comes in, Oh, we better tighten this thing up now. It's so gonna look real bad. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you, know, you know how bad this game was. The best player Sorry, on the ice was there. Eck. <laughs> you know how bad this game was. The best player on the ice was Aki Berg. Aki <sighs> Berg. Really? Last night? That was that's something. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get We're off the I did, I did watch the show. I'm sure right now. Really, really hurt that that's the case. Um, but you guys probably had to tighten up the defense. You threw, in, you threw it in show it. I'll say that much. We I got the ice level. I we saw neutral, the whole game. Again, I was a neutral observer on the bench there. I've got video of the whole thing. We were there, too. We saw. I've got video of the entire game. Wayne Fish out there, though. Remember that. Yes. Sorry, Mike. Yes, we'll get back to where we were. Um, all right, I'm going to change topics completely, completely for a second. Um, I also watched Edmonton Winnipeg last night, which was again, it's it's an interesting these like back, back and forth games. Um, you know, Edmonton needed that win for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see like Smith's reaction when they finally won was like he won a playoff game. That's how important that game was to Edmonton last night. I know, I know, things are fluid right now in the North, and things can change. But I really like the fact that it's. Right now, Edmonton and Calgary battling for fourth spot. I right. think that there will be dead bodies littered in Alberta. Yeah. These teams play nine more times over the last 40-some-odd games. You know, you're going to see the, the, mor- the morgues in Edmonton and Calgary will be packed to the rafters when with these teams. I think what's going to happen is – this is what's going to happen is that, you know, we always talk about, you know, on the commercials, these teams hate each other, da 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 they're going to be sick of one another to the point where just like they're almost going to become they're going to go through their hatred stage and then they're going to get to like the eighth or ninth game and be like oh you guys again whatever <laughs> i do want to say mcdavid was very classy after the game because when he was talking about tying crosby for the record he wasn't talking a lot about crosby but after like a second question what he did say is you know i believe we've entered into a more offensive era than when i started and that could be a part of it. So he actually did give a nod that, you know, Crosby probably played against 
Like, again, Crosby got beat up from Darian Hatcher, his first series against the Flyers, and oh, he yeah. still points on the board. I don't think McDavid ever gets chased like that now. That's a good point. Also, he's always hard to catch, too. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're talking about a player in terms of speeds. I mean, I know. he's got good quickness, but – no, no, no. McDavid's at a whole level. Crosby, Crosby. I mean, as you know, he's had the concussions. He's had some health issues, but you know, the Crosby plays a tough game. Like he, he's going, he's going, he's going to get that. Like he's, I always, I always said this about him, Mac, is that he's Bobby Clark with like yeah. a higher, like even on a higher level. Yes. Of yeah. Well, I've, I've said that too. My feeling is that he is the best grinder ever to play the game. Like that, that I think he's the best grinder. I think, you might be able to, I think that's fair. Well, how yeah, often also does he? He's practices fairly decently with Brad Marchand, right? Don't they in the offseason? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. if the two of them are doing one-on-one things all the time, and we know Mar, we know Marchand. I mean, after a while, you have in order to get anything done against him, you have to grind like nobody's business. Right. Right. So, right. That's interesting. Down. I did see something at, talking only because Anthony brought up Marchand. I watched like three or four minutes of Behind the Bees, the Boston Bruins series that they put on NHL Network, and it happened mm-hmm. to be. The first day of practice this year where they said there was going to be contact. And so, of course, they have all eyes are on Marshawn. And Marshawn is pushing guys, tripping guys. At one point, one of his teammates said to Marshawn, you just tripped me. He goes, that was a push. That wasn't a trip. And in Marshawn's (laughs) mind, he really does believe that. But he tripped his own teammate. I mean, it's just, it was unbelievable. Like There's there's, there's no question that he's got that, like, mentality that you really – he has to wake himself up by playing physically. I know. Like, to play the game. You know, and it's like, he's the kind of guy, like, memory with Lindros was that way. Lindros, yeah. where, you know, they used to say, don't hit, the thing with Lindros, don't hit him. Don't hit well, him. Apparently, Terry Karkner was that way, too. Yeah. Well, I remember, Anthony, no, he hit, he hit Lindros in practice. I know. And I remember that. No, I mean, the whole thing of it is just like. That was like a big deal. But, but you know, what? where Marshawn's different is Marshawn has figured out that you know, he's not going to wait for someone to hit him. Like, Lindros would wait for someone to hit him. Lindros had, because right. Lindros felt like he's a, I'm like, he felt like he was Mario Lemieux sometimes in his head, I think. And he wanted to skate around and make beautiful plays because he had high skill level. And he wouldn't go out of his way, especially after concussions, to hit people. Like, early on, he would. Although, um, I will tell you this about Lindros. The one thing as a fan that would annoy me about Lindros is he would look early part of the game for the smallest guy on the ice and just crush him against the board. Yeah. So if it was Theo Fleury, it was Theo Fleury. If it was, practice. Yeah. Practice. It was. It was like practice. Target practice. Yes. Pinata, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. I mean, watching Lindros in his first season in Philly as a fan was just a blast. Yeah, I mean, he was just a monster. You get out, you just, you, it was literally, you know, and we've talked about the four players. You like players you wait for their next shift for. You always sitting there waiting. Like, when's that guy gonna yeah. get? Out? He was that guy to a T, right? And when he got back on the ice, and he had somebody lined up at all, like even if that per player had like released the puck like a couple seconds ago, and and but that defenseman knew he was he was gonna get freight trained. He was gonna get gonna get beaten up. And man, oh man, I mean, his first game when he he wins the game in overtime for the Flyers and scores his goal and breakaway, uh, it was just it was just crazy. It, it was it was it was. That was, you know, became like my favorite. It was the player. next one. He was the one, and he really was. I mean, looking at that first about, year, he looked like, yeah. you know, we talked about his point totals. Was gonna be. His point totals were crazy high for the amount of time he missed. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and 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 the, and the area he played in with, with clutching and grabbing and and two line passes and stuff like that. I mean, so I mean, I mean, and honestly, it seems like the concussion thing was heredity because his brother had it worse than he did. Right. He got to play an NHL career. So if, if Lindros just did, you know, let's face it, if he didn't have the concussion problems, 
he'd have been one of the probably five to ten best players of all time. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so this guys brings me into my final topic here, which is something that we can discuss for a few minutes. Um, and that is this. I've been thinking about this. I've been trying to write a story about it. Um, I would have written about today, but the Olympic thing came up. And that is what is the most, what are the most important, what are the five most important players, most important positions on a team? Oh, um, I got to write this down. All right. all right, so, you know, like, <laughs> It's just like, you know, because we talk about, you know, the Leafs might need a third line center. Or do they, Pancheros not right, there you go. Or, you, or do you need this? Or do you need that? Um, is there any grease spots on it? No, but, no, no. These are, don't so mess the Pancheros. Good stuff, man. It feels, like the, it feels like the top three thing, the top three positions, which we can debate, are the, to me, are are kind of obviously. No, this is not in order, okay? So there's like top top line center, yeah, top, top defenseman. Yeah. Like, Absolute side defense and goalie, right? I think those are in order. For me, those are the order. That's the order. Okay, so to me, exactly opposite of that order. Like, of uh, to me, it is. no, because I, I, when you look at teams that have had success over time, goalie is definitely has to be number. I mean, is number one. You have to have a goalie that can. I mean, we saw what, what you know, Flurry did with Vegas. You know, you have a goalie. You know what? There is what, that of the coin act where it says. You don't have to – I don't believe in this era that you have to have a carry price to win the Stanley Cup. I do not believe that. It might not have to be a carry price, but you have to have a goalie that your team – Well, you'll have a goalie. No, a goalie that your goalie that's good and that's really good and your team believes in. That your team – that, you're, that you, if your players don't believe in your goalie, you're done. You know, like they have to – They have to, because that cha changes the way they play. It changes when they decide to pinch. It changes if they do this. It changes if they do that. Um, so the offense is offense. I've always said offense is incredibly highly affected by how your goalie is, and, and people don't even think about. It. So to me, goalie is number one. To me, second is the top top defenseman. And I bring up the Predators as an example here when I talk about this for a second. You know, like the Predators stay competitive by having great defensemen and a great and a really good goalie for a very long time, but never had the top line center, and they did it without it, right? But they didn't do it without and it. They traded they a, a top line center. They might have won the Stanley Cup. And then they traded a top level defenseman for a for, for what they thought was a top line. Right, center. right. They tried doing that, and it didn't and work that, out. And and that's exactly why Anthony, a one C is the most important thing in this league because yes. there are half the teams in the league don't have one. But there are teams. There are teams with one Cs that don't win the Stanley Cup. But tell me about tell me about the top goalies that don't win the Stanley Cup eventually. Like, we talk about it all the time. It happens. It happens more than you think. Yeah, Carey Price has won four Stanley Cups, right? Carey Price is a great example, Mike. I mean, I agree with you. Carey, Carey I mean, Price has been on a horrible team, though, for his most Where years. is Jordan Bennington going to shake out in five years? No, yeah, we don't know. I mean, I'm not saying Bennington's a guy, but, like, when you look at the great goalies of all time, Hasek, you know, Brodeur. Nick, I think um, you need to win with a really good goalie. You need to win with an all-time goaltender if you don't have yeah. the rest of the parts in front. Remember, right. remember Hasek won – after his prime with right. a superstar Detroit team, that and when he was with center, Buffalo, had a one C. Right, and when, when it was one C's. Right, when he was <laughs> in Buffalo, his one C was Mike Pekka, who was a great third line center, right. and maybe an okay number two, not a number one, and they couldn't score with a damn. So and they so they couldn't win. Right, right. I mean, now, it, I'll, it, I'll tell you why I think the one C is most important, Nick, because right. a you're putting that line out most frequently. B that guy is also good defensively. He might penalty kill for you, and he's going to play the power play too sometimes if he's sure. your team superstar. That's a lot of ways of affecting a game. A goalie sure. does affect the game, but I could get a guy, a goal, a goalie manager, to win a game if I had these other parts in place. You dropped in a goalie manager versus a QB versus a QB manager. It's the same thing. Yeah. 
I mean, you, yeah, you can. But I think that at the end of the day, I mean, it, this is always this is always the debate. Like, would you rather have, let's say, Hal, Bobby Orr, or Bernie Perron, I guess, or just picking three of the uh, top goalies of all time? Like, pick. pick I think the Flyers had enough of other things that Bernie Perron was a luxury that they didn't necessarily even need because they had to do that at all. Where That's I think Boston need hold on. Where I think Boston needed Bobby Orr, or they weren't going to win, and they had Cheevers, but it didn't matter. Right. Without Bobby Orr, Boston doesn't win. Cheevers was a good goaltender. He wasn't an. He wasn't. But a, you also again that you have S. You know you have Espo and everything else on that. Right, roster. you do, but not. But the, the Flyers were really stacked too. No, they were. The Flyers, they were stacked uh, in the middle. I wouldn't say that Flyers team was stacked. Heck, I they were stacked. I I grew up and and I watched well, all the those. Yeah, was, those there were. Good system, but I mean they had two lines. They had a system and played it to a team. They had arguably they had arguably the best line in hockey next to Lafleur, Lemaire, yeah. and whoever with the Mont with Montreal with with Leach Barber. They had a great line, no question about it. You know, they had the best fighter. Yeah, they had solid defense, very solid tough, defense, solid but defense. not like our defense. I mean, well, Jimmy Watson. The best the Watson brothers were bad. Now you're gonna tell me no, they were very good, but they weren't started. I mean, they like the Roman Yosti era category or something wow. like that. In their day, in their day, they kind of were. I mean, mm -hmm. there wasn't. I mean, there weren't that many offensive defensemen, but they were great defensemen for their day. They were. Yeah, Moose Dupont and, and, and Van Imp. I mean, they're don't soccer. make me defend these guys. I hated those guys. Don't make me defend them. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, no, should, why? No, it's okay, Russ. We should. We should. I see you down there cheering for him. We Russ, should continue this tomorrow, Act, because we can continue this tomorrow. I know we're running out of time, but I think it's something that we, um, we should all talk, think about, you know, and, and discuss with your significant other tonight before you go to sleep. Sure. Or, you know. Yeah, you know, whenever. Just do your best. Okay. Come up with an idea. I'll, I'll look. I'll look for a significant. Find other. someone tonight, to Mike. Yeah, go on, go on. You know. There you go. <laughs> Maybe be we'll... All I say to Michael is, you have to be careful with what you, what, who, what and who you're commenting under. I was gonna say maybe maybe I'll find one of those concubines. Never, never date a girl who thinks the top line center is the best, most important position. Never. No, that, you date that girl because she's smart. No, 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 never, never. All right, we'll talk about this again tomorrow. We'll get into this for sure, and we'll get your. We want people in the chat room uh, and chime in in the. You know, you know something that would before we go, um, something you can support this. You can support this here podcast by going to patreon.com slash hockey. That's patreon p a t r e o n dot com slash hockey. Um, and help us out, you know, because we could really use it for sure. And um, we try to do a show every day for you guys and do the best we can. Um, if you can't afford it. If you can't afford that, that's fine. But if you can't afford it, do us a favor and, and tell people about it. You know, go to get out there and tell people about it. Get more people to watch the show once in a while, um, because that also helps us a ton. And leave a review if you can on um, on iTunes. That also helps a lot. So um, Just ignore my comments. Yeah, don't worry about Mike. He's uh, you know, he's harmless. Um, so <laughs> mostly, um, but um, go out there and, and do that. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, and then come on back. We'll talk to you again. Tomorrow, we'll be back. Um, remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. Enjoy the games. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.